Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Welcome to the Journey Now podcast. My name's Kevin. I'm here with Mike. Hello. And we are in the middle of a a series that we are calling the Upside Down Kingdom. And this is kind of an auxiliary podcast that we felt was necessary to kind of explain some of the underpinnings of how we're explaining Mm -hmm. um, the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. And um, we felt that... Uh, through a lot of questions. We've been getting a lot of questions, which is great. And if you have questions, feel free to email them to me or to Mike, Kevin at journeytn.com. But mostly we want you to email them to Susie at Susie at journeytn.com. That's right, with a Z. Um, Yes. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And she's not with us today. Um, But we've been um, talking to people, and and the series has been so good in just helping people understand the Sermon on the Mount and recalibrating and stuff, and we're calling it the Upside Down Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And in order to, to really explain why this feels so different to mm. everybody as they hear it, mm. it's like, how come I've never heard it taught this way before? How come I've never mm-hmm. heard kind of the background like this before? And how come, you know, there's just been a lot of questions. And so we thought it would be really important to understand that the reason why is how um, we understand the kingdom of God or how a person would interpret when they read the Bible uh, and they read kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, this is what it means. And so we are taking a particular uh, position on the kingdom of God that informs how we are approaching the Sermon on the Mount. And so with that, we wanted to give you the three possible um, ways of taking the kingdom of God and, and, then, and then in turn how that affects how you would look at the Sermon on the Mount. And so, um, uh, Mike, if you could just go over the three yeah. primary sure. uh, ways to interpret the kingdom of God. Kevin, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> and no, I mean, and here's what people... Here's what I didn't realize um, is that how the approaches that you take to a text determine how you read it. Right. So there are people, and this is the point I think that that you want to make, uh, there are people that read the Sermon on the Mount and see these words as totally for the future kingdom. Right. So they're not relevant to us today. Right. Some people see these words as only um, the reminder that God expects perfection, and so this reminds us that we don't need, you know, or that we, excuse me, that we do need a savior. Right. It shows us the Sermon on the Mount. Its sole job is to show us how far we, have, uh, we fall short. Right. Yeah. It just how imperfect we really are. Yes. Right. Some people see it as just for the the priesthood. That was an early Catholic view. Right. That it was not the common person was not you know um, able to, to to do this. Um, the Lutheran view was that it only applied to the religious sphere of life, not to the rest of life. Um, and so, so Kevin is right. A, a lot of the reasons why we've heard it taught differently have to do with the relationship between how you understand the kingdom of God 
and its presence in the world, and then that manifests itself in how you understand the Sermon on the Mount. Right. So I think this is super important to understand, even though it can get a bit tricky, because this is, theologically, it's talking about the subject of eschatology, and eschaton is the study of last things. Um, usually we tie that into Revelation, but the Bible talks about eschatological issues all the time. Right. Um, yeah, well, you want to say something? Well, just uh, you had described in some ways the uh, age of today right. versus the age to come, mm-hmm. and that's kind of kind of how it is for a, for that audience would have understood this conversation a little bit. Yeah. Did so so yes, that's a that's a great that's a great point to bring up. the The audience in Jesus's day understood human history as really two periods of time, mm-hmm. creatively called. This present age and the age to come. Well, dang, I know that that, that just works. They didn't have it? they didn't have marketing people evidently back then, <laughs> and so this present age was characterized by sin, death, the powers and principalities, and justice in the world, and persecution of God's people. Mm-hmm. The age to come was characterized by the presence of the Messiah, the resurrection of the dead, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right, and um, and they thought that there would be a singular transition from this present age to the age to come called the day of the Lord. Right. So in the Old Testament, if you read like on that day, yes, um, that's what that reference is, this cataclysmic ending yes. of this present evil age and the inauguration of the new age to come. And that, of course, would come with the coming of Messiah. And the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that whole age to come was called the kingdom of God. Right. So um, the confusing part, that the New Testament writers, and you see it in Acts, and then you see it progressing, Right. that they had to wrestle with was, hold on, here's the resurrection of one guy <laughs> right. and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and seeming like works of the Messiah, but it's happening, not ending this present age, but right in the middle of it. Right. Because after Jesus ascended into heaven, yeah. Rome is still in power. Right. The powers and principalities are still working in justice and persecuting God's people. And so it was utterly confusing. But the spirit had come. Yes. So, And, and there was one who was the firstborn totally. in the resurrection of the dead. So so you see exactly right. You see the, yep. the New Testament writers wrestling with how to understand this. And this is where those three views come in. Right. Uh, because Jesus talks about the kingdom as a present reality, right? He, right. Um, he will say, um, if I'm casting out demons, the finger of God has come upon you, a reference to Exodus, um, and uh, Yahweh working miracles in Pharaoh's court. He'll talk about, um, you know, if you're looking for the kingdom, you'll look over here and over there, but don't do not do that because it's actually among you right now. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at, at hand. hand. Yeah. Yes. Right. So unmistakable teaching of Jesus that the kingdom was here. Um, but then he also has uh, teachings, particularly parabolic teachings, where he'll talk about the kingdom is still coming. Right. He was he's going the son of man will return on the clouds and all this imagery from yeah. Daniel. Right. And so so not surprisingly there are there are two views about the kingdom and then there's a third one that mediates the first two. One view is hey the kingdom is something that is already here. It's called um it's called imminent uh, eschatology. The idea that the kingdom, mm-hmm. or realized eschatology, that the kingdom is fully here without remainder, and uh, we are already in what um, some people think of as the millennium, which is God's earthly rule. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the, the sermon, of course, 
um, would apply now, but um, only because um, uh, we are in the age to come. We're in the middle of the age to come. And this would be an amillennialist view. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ah, yes. meaning no millennium. Right. Um, yep. So, so yes. Yeah, so on the one hand, there are people that think the kingdom has fully come. Um, on the other, they, there are people that think the kingdom is coming in the future. Correct. That when Jesus was present, right. the kingdom was here. Right. But now that he's not, the kingdom, kingdom is, is not. not. Right. Until he comes back, back and brings with him the kingdom. Right. So the the kingdom, when Jesus talked about being present, was when because the king was there. And, Perfect. And and people went, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yep. And then when he was ascended into heaven, the kingdom in essence, left with him. Yes, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. And to come again when he returns. Yes. That would be a futuristic view. But this is where that tricky age to come, this present age thing mm -hmm. comes into play because what the, the New Testament writers realized is that Jesus had inaugurated something that wasn't going away. The presence of the Spirit, right. the resurrection of Jesus, the possibility of new creation here and now. Right. So it was almost as if the future that Jesus was inaugurating became present in the present, even though there were still evil and injustice in the world. So they coexist. They coexist. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. And, and, um, and so we call that inaugurated eschatology. The kingdom has come and is coming. Mm -hmm. And the, the part that is coming is the complete overthrow of every... Um, uh, ounce of opposition to the kingdom. That's what's to come. Right. Jesus has come. Um, the possibility of renewal and salvation and restoration and healing and all those things have come, yes, mm -hmm. fully. Right. But but there, the defeat, the cataclysmic defeat of the day of the Lord, that's not yet happened. And that's what's envisioned right. in Jesus' uh, second coming. But what's, what's true now is that we are... In, in a sense, the presence of the future. We are people of the age to come living with the Messiah in this present age right. who, are, who are progressively learning to put off the old creation dynamics, this right. present age dynamics, and to put on new creation dynamics right. as befitting people who are now part of that new thing God's doing. So we teach from that perspective. We, we as a um, church are in this camp of inaugurated Mm -hmm. kingdom and we i always understood it as already but not yet yes that's a so great way to say that or uh, some people would say partial not fully and partial is kind mm -hmm. of a, dis, uh, a, a not a good description because it's here right but in its partiality is meaning it's not over it's not complete yes so yeah. with that um, let's let's talk a little bit about the questions that accompany yeah. that. So, so, so we read, let me put yeah, a yeah. dot on this before yeah, 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 yeah. we move on. Yeah. Um, so we read the Sermon on the Mount yep. as uh, against the traditional Catholic view. We read that as for everybody. Right. We read it for all of human life, not just the religious part. Right. We don't read it as something that is future. Right. We take Jesus at his word when he says... 
anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like. Yeah. So we understand the expectation to be, yeah. um, as new creation people, yeah. we are progressively being transformed in the image of Jesus, and this is what that transformation looks like. Right. And it it is a social construct, too. There's a, there's a social construct in which he is coming up against. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's coming up against something abstract. Right. This is... Right. Because uh, he's talking to common people in a common place at the Sea of Galilee, and He's saying, hey, mm-hmm. you've heard it said, or this is how your life is, but this is how the kingdom is. And it's this contrast. That's right. And we've been in that over the last few weeks. Now it changes a little bit, but even in his prayer, even in the prayer that's attached to this, yeah. he, he talks about kingdom come, Absolutely. thy will be done. Why would you pray that Come on. If, if, preaching. if it wasn't to be somehow incorporated into the way that we live? Yeah. And so there is... There is this, but there is the tension. My will is at play. Mike's will is at play. Your will, everybody's will. Um, then there's principalities of darkness. There's so there's there's forces that work against the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and thus we've called this. We've said that this is the upside down kingdom, which is to take those things which we humans normally use to build our kingdoms: right. economics, religion. Um, Military, military, whatever, power. We use power over, yeah, to build our kingdom. And mm-hmm. Jesus rejected all those. Yeah, because that sounds really scary when you talk about every knee shall bow. It sounds coercive, <gasps> right? But what do you mean? What do you, what's Jesus mean when he talks when he talks about his kingdom coming? Right. How's that different? Yeah, that's therein lies the upside downness of this mm-hmm. i when we hear he will be lord and he will reign and he's coming on a white horse and he's not going to be on a donkey we hear power over mm-hmm. but that there is there is nothing in the kingdom of god that it, that um he explains in his teaching and the way that he lived mm-hmm. that is power over yeah it is an invitation into a relationship into the way it was supposed to be and a remaking of the the human existence on a on a remade earth yeah. that allows for us to reign with him meaning serve with him right right and that's the upside downness that's mm-hmm. the struggle because still it won't be power over right i mean it's not that he isn't capable i mean there's a, there's a passage in 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 um i think it's in john i could be wrong uh, in one of the gospels, you'll probably remember where Jesus, where he's about to be arrested and they come and they are about to grab him and they ask the question, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And he says, I am. Mm. And they all fall down. Mm-hmm. Like the power of, mm-hmm. now there's theological um, implications behind saying I am totally God's name. Right. Um, and they all like fall down. There is there is this, and it gives me chills to think about it. If I was there, like you're there and God's present and the most powerful pers- person on the planet could could power over everybody. Yeah. All he has to do it with his very words and saying his name. Seriously. And everyone loses their power. Everyone. The yeah. one with the military might loses their power. The one with the religious coercion loses their power. The one with economic power has no power mm-hmm. in the presence of the great I am, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And he surrenders. I. Yep. And that's where we... We miss the points. Yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> if I had that kind of power, totally, my kingdom would look different. Right. 
and I wouldn't share my power. Right. He shares his power. So there's this, this subversive idea, but it's also so elevating of every level of humanity. That societal yeah. um, caste system goes away. Yeah. The societal, like you stay in your lane, I stay in my lane, you, you are not better than you, I'm better than you because I, whatever, you fill in the blank. And, and so all that goes away. And, and that leads us to the next question that I get from a lot of people. Is the church the kingdom of God? Man, Kev, that is such a great question. Um, and, it, and it's really, uh, I, I, you know, it, it reminds me we should have probably addressed this <laughs> on the weekend because this is such a common confusion. It is. Um, but no, kingdom, the kingdom of God has existed as long as God has. Right, and so it's it's much bigger um, than and, the church, and that means the Israel. kingdom of God has always been. Yes, and will always be, and always will be. Right. So, so the point of the church isn't the church, and and one of the things we say the the good news of the church isn't the good news about how great the church is. Right. Thank the, God. The church is not the kingdom. <laughs> right. right. Oh my goodness, the church points to the kingdom, witnesses to the kingdom, help builds towards the kingdom but doesn't build the kingdom itself the church points out the kingdom the ch- the church seeks the kingdom right but but we are the point of our community is to point to the reality because that was the message of Jesus there is a new reality right. that is at play through right. the person of uh, and work of Christ and our job is to point to that reality in our bodily and social relationships and that's what the sermon on the mount is about how do you point to the reality uh, of a conquered Messiah who's been vindicated by God through resurrection. Right. The way you do that is you you re, you represent, in Tim's words, yes, <laughs> that that sacrifice in a zillion different ways. Right. Yeah. The one with the power chooses not to exercise his power yeah. in a power over coercive, controlling way. Right. It's a love gesture. Yes. Absolutely. So, so Jesus' announcement is the universe works differently. You don't have to return evil for evil. You right. don't have to just love those who love you. Like the, the whole band of human reciprocity that I only like those who like me, I harm mm-hmm. those who harm me. Right. All of that's been shattered uh, because in, Jesus introduced a way of blessing enemies and forgiving those who are nailing you to a cross. And that that way was the only way that's accompanied with resurrection. Right. Right. That, 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 that death to self is the only way to see um, new creation. Right. And that's, you know, and then, and then the Sermon on the Mount just plays that out over against the understanding of the scribes and Pharisees of what this thing God was up to. Yeah. The religious power of the day is subverted by the kingdom of God. Right. Wow. Right, and, yeah. that, and that's and that's all that Jesus is, is teaching, is it's surprising. So the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl. Um, a kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field. It's like a small seed. Yeah. It's like a, a farmer sowing seed. Like all of this is his attempt to show the upside down, down nature, nature. Mm-hmm. of the thing. Yeah, and yet my my involvement in the kingdom um, is. Is is sometimes just fleeting. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's momentary. Mm-hmm. It's I you know, and sometimes I can't recognize it when it happens. Yeah. But yet my kingdom building is very recognizable. It's it's my propensity to want my own. It's my propensity to want to build my kingdom through economics or mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. Um, any number of ways that just is con- contradictory to the kingdom of God. And so as as Christians, we we live in this already but not yet world. That's right. Um, and we see it all around us, mm. and we see the tension, and we have to live in that tension. Yeah, that's the hardest part. It is, and try to as and as I've gotten older, I've seen the fallacy of kingdom building in the mm. world because it's so fleeting. It's so, and this is what Jesus was trying to tell us: was this, yeah, you can build those kingdoms, you can mm-hmm. you can amass great amount of wealth, but what happens when your life is asked of you the next day, right? Mm-hmm. So now, what do you have? Yeah. It's like the tearing down the barns, building bigger barns, and then... Now what? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Or it's the, you know, amassing, you know, incredible political powder. Mm-hmm. To what end? Mm-hmm. To what end? Yeah. And and therein lies the futility of the human condition in a, in a broken world where now this kingdom of God enters and it's, it's, it's an option of a more fulfilling existence mm. and life that actually reflects the true king anyway. That's right. Well said. So with that, we're trying to invite mm. our church and anyone who is interested into this idea that maybe we look at the Sermon on the Mount as that Jesus actually meant it. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as, an, as the ethic, mm-hmm. per se, or the way to live in the kingdom of God, but also in this world where the kingdom can be tasted mm-hmm. and experienced and and that's right. Embodied. That's right. Well said. All right. Well, we hope that this brief explanation of that <laughs> um, gives you some clarity as to why it may sound different, because you may have heard sermons on Sermon on the Mount in the past that come at it from a futuristic mm-hmm. um point of view where this or even a um you need jesus point of view Mm -hmm. where this is just to point out how inept we are right um or you may have heard it just as something that um is trite or you know turn the other cheek has turned into a uh just a phrase in christian thinking so it actually has deeper meaning so with that we invite you you know to listen to some of these other podcasts. There's been some great questions. If you have any questions regarding this, feel free to send an email, kevin at journeytn.com or to mike at journeytn.com or Susie at journey, <laughs> journeytn. That's with a Z. Um, but uh, with that, we want to invite you into the conversation and and also realize we, we know that we are taking a, a position of tension and there are others as well that we will take in the future. But thanks for joining us today <clears throat> on the Journey Now podcast. And uh, again, any questions, send them in. And may you find yourself in the kingdom of God today. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you would share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and tag us at journey underscore TN. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app.